Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Relatable Homeschoolers. We are going to spend the next episodes talking about The Lazy Genius Way by Kendra Adachi and how her 13 Lazy Genius Principles apply to homeschooling and how you can use those to improve your homeschooling life in many ways to have just a more functional, simplified, essentialized homeschooling life. If you're not familiar with Kendra Adachi, she has a podcast called Lazy Genius. She's great. So check out her podcast. All right. And Annie and Heather are with me as usual. Mm -hmm. Ladies, glad you're here tonight. And glad you're here to talk lazy geniusing the homeschool. I think that's important to just right off the bat before we go any farther is basically like her motto for the lazy genius, right? Which is be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. And that means specifically to you. So for Annie, reading aloud wasn't going to be something she was going to be a genius about, right? It was something she was going to be lazy about. She was going to let her audible do the job for her. So I think there would be things that Annie's a genius about that I'm lazy about, right? So I think that's important. Even when we're deciding once, don't look at everybody else, right? Make the decision for you of what's going to be your genius choice and what's going to be your lazy choice. Yeah, this is a really good point. All right. So principle number one is decide once. And what she basically means by that is you make a decision one time about things that you can make a decision once about. Decide once at the beginning of the school year what your curriculum is going to be for a given subject and stick with it unless it truly isn't working. We can have a tendency to watch all the Instagram feeds going by of homeschoolers doing different things and using different curriculum and makes us want to dump our curriculum midway through the year. And so decide once is a great role. Other ways that we can use decide once in our homeschools. It can be, it can be decide once for a meal plan. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to make my meal plan and that's what we're going to eat. I'm not going to get swayed by a video or a story that I see on social media. Oh, that looks really good. Well, I should make that for supper. Nope. I decided once I'm done. It could could also be decide once when your circle time is going to be decide Mm -hmm. once when you're going to read aloud, decide once, you know, what you're going to use to teach math facts. Lots of other ways to just decide once. Mm -hmm. So, and by this, she means taking the decision-making fatigue out of the picture. For sure. And taking guilt or expectation out of the picture. For example, one of my decide once is early on was that I was not going to fret that I didn't read aloud to my kids. I don't sit at night. I don't tuck them in at night with books. I just, I'm not going to feel bad about that. Every time we were in the car, I used my Audible subscription and they were read to every mm-hmm. time we got in the car. Mm-hmm. And so decide once also works for those things that you are not going to carry around. Like there are amazing parents who read to their children every night. That right. is not. Principle number two 
is start small. And this is just a great thing to remember in any case. Start small as a new homeschooler. Annie, you want to talk about de-schooling here. Lots of people started homeschooling as a result of the pandemic. So they brought their kids home or their kids were sent home and they started homeschooling. But what they were doing was school at home. And so when I work with parents and I work often with parents who are transitioning from a traditional school environment to homeschooling, working with a family right now, having these conversations. And what I always tell them is you're going to have to go through a period of what we call de-schooling, where you're taking off those 50-minute class period expectations, those assignments every day in every class period expectations, and we are igniting a love of learning. And so what I recommend what people do when in de-schooling is take your kids to the library, take your kids to the library and turn them loose, have zero expectations on what books they choose. Just tell them, okay, you got to pick at least three books if they're struggling, like just pick three that look good or or 10, I don't care what the number is, but let them pursue their passions. If they get one on drawing cars and trucks, great. They get a fantasy novel or graphic novel, fabulous. Let them just spend some time nurturing their own soul Mm -hmm. and start small with just a visit to the library and gather those things that they're interested in. And then for a new homeschooler, start small. You don't have to have every bell and whistle. You don't have to start out with foreign language. You don't have to start out with art. You don't have to start out music. Start small. Start with math and some reading, and that's it. And then build on that. Heather, you've talked about you have a structured schedule to the year at the beginning where you add subjects in week by week, and you start small for the beginning of the school year. Everybody sort of gets back into a rhythm. I've kind of had to do that, too, in this current time I'm in. And it's really helpful not to overwhelm yourself to just pick a couple of things and add on. And the same is true of any goal. If you're changing curriculums, if you're wanting to try something new, always start small and build. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody likes an abrupt start or, you know, like all at once, right? I I just feel that's a great principle. So like the beginning of the school year, we start like the first week with our co-op classes. The next week I add like one or two at home classes. And then the third week we're kind of like in all of it. And we kind of do the same thing after our Christmas break. Our co-op takes a really extended long time a break at Christmas time. So we kind of do it in reverse where we'll start after we take our like two week Christmas break, we'll start with our at home school stuff. And then like two weeks later, we add in the co-op stuff. So again, it's never everything all at once. Small steps is definitely key. Yeah, for sure. And I think the thing to remember too, is that even if you feel like you're not doing as much as you could be doing, you're still probably doing more and more that is of greater value than they would be getting in the public school setting because you're having one-on-one time with them. They're able to have that connection time at home that they wouldn't otherwise have. There are so many other additional benefits to homeschooling. Academics are just a part of it. Okay. Principle number three is ask the magic question, which that question is, what can I do now to make things easier later? There are so many good answers to this. (laughs) I sit down and print out my lesson plan sheets 10 weeks at a time, a term at a time. And then if I need to make adjustments, you know, I make adjustments later. Mm-hmm. I think a Kate Kendra actually mentions this in her book, even though she's not a home, she's not a homeschooler, right? No, mm-hmm. no, no, I didn't think so. But her morning coffee, <laughs> she takes yeah. care of that the night before. And I think every homeschool mom says amen to that. <laughs> Yeah. You know, meal planning falls into this category. A laundry schedule falls into this category. And I use this principle a lot. Guides my life. But one that really works with homeschooling is that I put together their packets 
for whatever span of time we're in. So right now, starting last week, we have six weeks until our Thanksgiving break. And so that Sunday afternoon, I put together six weeks worth of work and put each week in each kid's folder and it's done. So I like to do a little something special. I'll put on a show that I've been wanting to watch. I do it in my bedroom just so I can be by myself, maybe make a beverage to enjoy or have a snack uh, that I've been saving and make it into like a little uh, self-care time as I'm doing something to make the next six weeks easier. So this morning I got Mm -hmm. up, we're recording on a Monday. I got up and I grabbed the three folders for this week and set them on the table and said, there you go, kids, done. Nothing makes homeschooling more frustrating as a parent the parent educator when you cannot find stuff. And Mm. I thought I made those copies and I don't know where they are. I thought we had more pencils. And if you can set things up so that it's easier later, you're not scrambling on that Sunday night trying to put stuff together. For sure. For sure. And you actually covered two principles right there. You decided once on your system for Mm -hmm. getting their homeschool stuff prepped and planned. And you asked the magic question, what could you do now to make things easier later? And it probably also falls under principle number nine, which is batch it, which we will get get to. Number of principles right there all rolled into one. Kendra Adachi has spoken to my soul (laughs) and I have bought into Lazy Genius heart and soul. Yes. All right. Anything else on this one or any of these first three principles? Decide once, start small, ask the magic question. I think one thing that we forgot to mention is that these principles should be considered in order. So don't ask, what can I do now to make things easier later when you haven't decided to start small? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you're going to be doing a lot of stuff now to make Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff easier later, and you probably didn't need to. It's helpful, not Mm -hmm. required, but helpful to look at the principles in order. What is your decide once? What is the most important thing right here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Principle number four is live in the season. I think this matters so much to the homeschool mom, especially for moms with big families, but for all of us. You know, if you are pregnant, if you have an infant, if you have a toddler, if you are in the, you know, beginning of teaching high school to a teenager, all of these things are like you're in a particular season that's going to call for changes or doing things maybe differently than you expected to. So being aware of and living in your season and embracing that season and recognizing that it is a season. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. not going to last. None of our seasons last, right? And giving yourself the freedom to not feel, you know, pinned in by expectations or like you're failing because of what season you're in. Right. I have a friend who's pregnant right now. She's been pregnant for her entire or pregnant. She's been (laughs) sick for the entire pregnancy (laughs) so far. Yes. She's also been pregnant for the entire pregnancy. And her kids are basically like, if they do a little bit of reading, math and play outside, that's it. That's all I can Mm -hmm. ask of them or myself right now. And they're still growing and they're, they're learning and getting good outside time and they're connecting with each other and having relationships. And it's, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's the right thing for that season that she's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing, oh, this is going way back because I went to a homeschool conference before Haley started kindergarten. So we're, we're talking eons ago, right? Yeah. And it was like, it was like the Thursday night before the conference started. And it was a special thing for brand new homeschoolers. And Heidi St. John did this talk for brand new homeschoolers. And she talked about how, I don't know if she was pregnant at the time, but she was sick and she was like on bed rest. And she said all she could do was read to her kids for months. Like all they could do was sit on her bed and she could read to them. And her kids had to test, like take state tests. And they had tested higher that year than they ever had, you know, and she was so afraid that she wasn't doing enough because she was on bed rest. That story stuck out to me. And when you were talking about your Mm -hmm. friend Harmony, that just rang a bell. So yeah, 
Sure. Yeah, I, I embrace the season for sure. Now that I have my last one in his, is in his last year of elementary, I have a middle schooler and I have two high schoolers. It's so hard for me to remember those early years when I had babies and I was trying to homeschool and you know, I was trying to do the like blanket time and play with these toys. Why I teach the kid this and this kid play with this kid. Why I teach the kid this. There's a time for everything and our seasons change. And that's just a guarantee with kids growing is your seasons will change. And for us on the farm, it is very seasonal. And so that's why we don't plan a lot in the summer. We don't school a lot in the summer. We school year round, but in the summer we pair it back and we're doing math and some copy work and reading. We're still progressing. We'll still be learning, still counts as school, but we're not Mm -hmm. adding in those extras that we add in during the other months of the year. And so it can be a season of life or it can be the season of the year. Maybe your family has an accountant and tax season is really busy. Well, then back off a little bit during that season. So it just depends. What season are you in? I know Kendra always says, like, name the season. Like, Mm -hmm. be honest with yourself and say, I am in a hard season right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're caring for an aging parent or you're trying to move or sell a house and those seasons are going to be a little more difficult. Go ahead and name those seasons and say this is what we will do in this season. Right. That's good, Annie. If you find that your seasons change frequently, like you're a military family that Mm. is on the go every couple of years, or you've had multiple bouts of COVID in your house and things come to a screeching halt, or you have, you know, somebody with a chronic illness, you know, all those things can put you in a season or in a constant state of change. I feel like I've been in a constant state of change for the last year and a half Mm -hmm. since we decided we were willing to move. And then we got news that we were moving and then the move actually happened. And then we bought a house and then I got COVID and then we moved into the house and it was winter. And, you know, it's just been on and on and on. My husband is gone for three months. So it's like my head is still spinning. So I just keep on trying to move fluidly into the next season in order to have some kind of continuity and also, you know, embrace the season and just do what I can do in that moment. Mm -hmm. Because the next change is going to come, you know, pretty quick. You just have to be able to kind of ride the wave sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like it when you have littles, like every three or four months, there's a huge change when you have a baby. Right. So, you know, people with littles in the house, you're constantly having to readjust. Mm hmm. Okay. Principle number five is build the right routines. And she has three sort of sub steps for this. Start small, do one thing that has a major impact and never forget where you're going. You know, when you're building a routine, starting small is, is pick, you know, a small routine, not something with like 20 steps in it, have a small routine and then do one thing that makes an impact. And she gives an example of turn on music to start your day. I have found that one impactful thing can make such a difference. One new thing, routine that I put in place this year is one of the moms in my local homeschool group said that she put together a three song playlist. So about 12 minutes and her kids chose the songs in it. And then she starts that playlist in the morning and 10 minutes before she wants them at the table for to begin the school day. It gives everyone a chance to do whatever they still need to do to get ready for the day, whether that's grab, you know, a granola bar or brush their teeth, get dressed, finish up an art project, whatever they're doing. 12 minutes is a reasonable amount of time 
time to wrap things up for, for kids, even for the kind of kids who don't want to transition quickly. Mm-hmm. My seven-year-old hates a quick transition. She needs that lead time. It's made a phenomenal difference in our mornings. I just put on that playlist. I don't have to say anything. And usually before the last song is over, they are there, they have their stuff out and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. It's been amazing. So that's been, that's a good example of building the right routine. And then we move into our morning time, but that's like that first step that makes a big impact. And I like the remember where you're going piece. And any good homeschooling mentor or writer will tell you to always keep that bigger vision in mind. It's not about just checking the boxes. It's what are you trying to give them as an education? What is your vision or your mission statement as a homeschooler, your bigger purpose? And I think that totally applies here. Our routines should support our vision, not just support checking the boxes, right? Mm -hmm. I had something start in that chapter that I think is kind of like what you were just saying, but it said something like, if an activity doesn't prepare you for what matters to you, it's just noise. And that is like, boom, nail on the head, right? Like if you're doing something and it's not benefiting you, if it's not helping you in your routine or your day. And if you're just doing it because you saw somebody else do it, or you're doing it because you think you should do it, stop doing it. Very good advice. All right. The last principle we're going to talk about in this episode is number six, set house rules. This can be anything from where your shoes go, where your jacket is hung up to, you know, what you need to do in the morning to be ready for school, but whatever your house rules need to be Mm -hmm. to make your homeschool day go smoothly, figure those out and set those house rules and enforce those expectations. Yep. I always have to laugh when Kendra talks about setting house rules and uses her children as the example. She's like, oh, it's so important. Oh, it's so important. And it is. But I think your children are at home with you every single day. Like (laughs) house rules are vital when you are a homeschool family. Uh-huh. Because if the five of us who are in this house all the time do not put our shoes where they're supposed to go, suddenly there are 15 pairs of shoes in my entryway. Well, and nobody can get out the door when you right. need to leave to go somewhere. And we can't yeah. find anything and it yeah. it devolves into chaos rapidly. Yeah. And so setting a house rule is vital. Well, and this because- is another one of those that goes really well with decide once. Decide your house rules once. Yes. And then and set them and, and stick with it, right? Mm-hmm. And there's that other saying, I don't remember who it's from, but like, don't expect what you're not willing to inspect. And setting house rules requires, Ooh. I think, that follow up. You know, it takes time to train your kids mm-hmm. to follow mm-hmm. the house rules. You know, I am forever like, go back and pick up your jacket. Go back and pick up your jacket. Go back and pick up your jacket. Hang it on the hook where it belongs. But my 10 year old, I don't have to tell her that anymore. It's just the younger one because I've been saying it long enough. Yeah. Again, looking at these first six steps, you can't really set a house rule until you've decided once. And what do we need to do now to make the morning easier? The steps are important here. Yeah. Because you can set a ton of house rules. There are plenty of homeschool blogs that will tell you these are our family rules and this is what your rules in your homeschool need to be. But does that really matter to you? What really matters and what does it need to be? And then who needs to do it? For example, it is important to me that my kitchen is clean at the end of the night. If I walk in in the morning to my kitchen and it is dirty, dishes stacked up, somebody didn't wipe off the stove, the table, etc. My blood pressure goes up a minimum of 20 points. (laughs) And I know this about me. And so for years friends, I will admit this, for years, 
I got after my kids because each one was assigned to dishes and someone was on floor and table and someone was on garbage and together the three of them should have had a clean kitchen at the end of every night. That was the decide once, that was the start small and that was the right routine. But then we got to set house rules and it is far more important to me that the kitchen is clean than it is to anybody else in my family. And so my therapist was helpful with this and she says, Annie, is it more important that the kitchen is clean or who does it? And for me, it was that the kitchen is clean. So now I clean the kitchen. I don't have to get Get after my kids, after being with them all day, you guys need to do this and nobody did this. And we just did blah, blah, blah. I didn't like myself mm-hmm. when I was having to do that. And so now I do it. It was too much for me to enforce it and to make the kids do it because it was something only I cared about. So that's a question I have to ask myself now moving into the future. Who is this important to and why? That's really good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got a couple minutes left. Let's move to our traditional closing of what is bringing joy to your homeschool right now. Heather, what's bringing joy? to your homeschool right now. Okay, well, I'm going to go and pick a principle of living in the season. So it's end of October when we're recording this. And this time last year, we were in the throes of moving and life was just crazy chaotic for us. October was incredibly hard for me last year. Currently, I am welcoming kindly, as Kendra puts it, this new season of fall. And right now the colors are so beautiful here in Michigan. So I am just taking the time to appreciate and welcome fall, even though it's not my favorite season. Oh, good for you. (laughs) I know it's hard for you. I know it's hard. I'm growing. Heather's the summer lover. Annie, what about you? What's bringing you joy in your homeschool right now? What's bringing me joy is my son and I just returned from his 13 trip and had a wonderful time leaning into that relationship building, telling stories of our adventures and things he enjoyed. Also, of course, all the books that we bought on our trip, sharing in those and reading snippets to each other of things. Remember when we saw this? And so that is really bringing me a lot of joy right now. I love that we took that trip and have all those great memories. That's fantastic. For me, it's what I mentioned earlier, this new little playlist to start our morning time every day and not having to call people endlessly and say, it's time, it's time, come down, come on, mm-hmm. hurry up, move your buns. Did you brush your teeth? Oh, go back and do that. It's the not having to say anything. Just I've got 12 minutes. They've got that warning and they're there. And that has been just so beautiful. It's totally bringing joy to That's awesome. Made life so much easier. All right. Well, it's been great chatting with you ladies tonight. We will be back next week with part two of Lazy Geniusing Your Homeschool. And we hope you'll join us for that. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.